This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Dr. Supercoach Racing. I'm Watto, and I'm joined with my co-host, Justin. And we'll be talking about Supercoach Racing tonight, um, how the last week went for both of us and for other coaches, and what's going on in the third week of the Supercoach Racing season. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me again, Watto. It's obviously an exciting week in both Victoria and Sydney Racing. We have the, uh, the $15 million Everest in Sydney at Randwick, and of course we have the $5 million Caulfield Cup uh, under handicap conditions at Caulfield. So both exciting races, and yeah, keen to get stuck into it and uh, see what little differences we have in picks. Yeah, exactly. I think the first two weeks, there's a lot of generic picks. Um, This round will be the first round of many that will kind of, there's a lot more choice in the field, especially with the higher-priced horses. Um, you might have to make a few decisions you don't really want to make, but you're going to have to with that cap price. Yeah, it's especially coming into this week, there's around the group threes and the group twos, there's plenty of options that you can choose. And um, I guess stretching, when you get to the back end of your stable, you're going to find that you're with very limited money. And there are a few little selections around the 50 to 75 grand, which you might need just to top up your stable and, and I guess use them as your emergency for the week. Yeah, exactly. And with the emergency, you might be tempted to just pop a 50k risky pick in there, given that they won't drop price at all. But we found first round and the second round that a horse is disappointed, usually a very comfortable horse. And that eighth emergency horse has really helped uh, bump up our scores. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't exactly remember what mine was last week, but I definitely improved last week compared to the first, and a lot of that was to do with, I guess, my bottom, my my cheaper horses. I mean, I'm thunderstruck. A lot of people had in their stable, but uh, when I, when I was having a look through the stats, it wasn't exactly a horse that every single person picked like Zaki. So that in itself was a little edge going into the Turak and. I think there might be a couple of others this week, although one of mine is a little more ex- on the expensive side, but we'll touch on that later. Yeah, awesome. So how did you do last week? Well, uh, definitely an improvement. I think I'm in the... Uh, I was I was going very poorly after a very bad first week. Uh, my form skills weren't up to scratch the first week, but I improved them a little bit for this week, uh, for last week, I should say, and uh, got back on track to sort of... Not quite where I want to be, but definitely improving, and hopefully a good Caulfield Cup day, and uh, we might see ourselves somewhere in the top 5%, which would be handy. That's awesome here, and it's probably worth noting, you there is a prize for first spot in the weekly ranking, so you get $500, and that's doubled if you're a Herald Sun subscriber. Um, so even if you have a bad week, like Justin did in the first round, I did... I had a bit of a mediocre week as well in the first round. You can still play and have a chance at cracking cracking that number one spot for the week. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's it's something that obviously you can be fresh to the game and come join now and uh, still have that opportunity to win that $500 weekly cash prize. Of course, you will start off with your $1.8 million start-off budget, but I guess it's still an opportunity for you to have a bit of fun and you know join it at any time and try and win that cash prize. Yeah, exactly. And with the scoring how it is, you're not necessarily guaranteeing um, guaranteeing points. If you're picking those most the more expensive horses, you can you can kind of go on the cheaper side, get a bit more riskier, and you can. It's obviously a bit harder, but you can probably do well in some weeks. Yeah, and especially this week, there are not only there. Are, I mean, there are a few horses that are quite expensive, which. People are going to have to choose, but down the bottom there, there are a couple of selections around that 125, 100 grand mark that could come vital to ensuring that you do get some guaranteed points, or that's the way I'm seeing it anyway. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, just touching on last week for me quickly, um, I scored 277 points. I ranked me in the ranked 209th, but that said, a lot of people had this exact same composition as me last week was very there's a few uh horses that you kind of needed to pick um i ranked in two two thousand for the season around the mark i came in a bit after a poor first round um i'd also like to shout out the weekly winner for our dr Supercoach league um if you haven't joined you can still league code is two five eight six one one we just have over 300 participants in that league and it's a great league to if you want to try to top the standings for the week um there's about 20 people on 277 which was the top score but i'll give a shout out to dan's donkeys he's currently the top rank player in our league with 548 points uh in total he's actually ranked fourth so he's going he's going pretty well he's had a good start to season yeah i mean that's a, that's a flying start and uh, if he can get the Caulfield Cup winner and the Everest winner this weekend, he's might be hard to catch come Melbourne Cup time because that's the week that's going to be tricky for everyone to nail down winners. And if you've got a good little head start now, you might be hard to run down. Yeah, exactly. And he can kind of probably play a bit safer with our selections. So, Justin, your week, how are you thinking you're attacking the stable management this week? 
Well, for me, I'm kicking off with a budget of $2,050,000. I'm looking at the Caulfield Cup as one race that I really want to target. And the obvious pick in the race is incentivized at $250,000. He is the favorite for the race. He has drawn a little bit sticky out in 20. He'll come into 18, but he's got the natural early toe to cross and lead this field. He handles wet conditions. As it's probably important to note as well, both Randwick and Caulfield were expecting wet tracks. Caulfield especially, if this expected rain comes, we could be talking soft 7, heavy 8, even heavy 9 range. Soft 7 at best, that is. Um, if that rain doesn't come, we might be around the soft 5, soft 6 range, which brings a lot more runners into it, but... For me personally, I'll be looking at the real wet trackers of the race. And for me, Incentivize not only handles a wet track, but he's just all class. He won the Maccabi Diva Stakes in great fashion. He backed that up with a massive Turnbull Stakes win, where he did what very few horses can do, and that is give a kick after running very hard early sectionals and find that second wind. Only very good horses can do that, and to me that showed sign. I, I won't say it yet, but champion qualities. And if he is to win this race and possibly a Melbourne Cup, then I'd say he's up there with one of Australia's current champions. But I'll be definitely taking incentivize as will most people in Supercoach, I would imagine. But my little point of difference I'm hoping is Young Werther. He's drawn absolutely perfect in Barrier 8, and he did give incentivize that scare last start in the Turnbull. He loomed up and just couldn't get past him. If Incentivize does go hard early here and spends a lot of fuel early, then I think that might, if it does leave him vulnerable, he might be just too good for him. But if it does leave him that little bit vulnerable, I think a horse like Young Werther is set to win the race and storm over the top. He's a little bit like his stablemate, Vow and Declare. He finished second in the race in 2019 behind Murder Glass before going on to win the Melbourne Cup. Obviously, Young Werther now needs to step up and make himself accountable in Australian racing. But I'm expecting him to go very well and I think could be a little side selection to try and claim that 32 points uh, for second spot. Yeah, sounds good. I'm on incentivize as well. Jumped up in price uh, this week to 250 after that round one win, um, but still super cheap. Bookie's favourite despite the barrier draw, which will probably work in his favour. Um, he's just looking the goods, like you said, like really promising, and I I just can't can't wait to watch him race again. Um, very exciting. I'm on, instead of uh, Young Weather, I had a look, but just really, I didn't really like uh, like the odds of him. Um, as I've mentioned previously, I'm a bit more into the uh, expected points slash uh, gone, gone with the odds approach. Um, so I'm picking Delphi. He's at 350k, so a bit more, bit more expensive than Young Weather, but... He's the second favourite in this race, a bit of long odds, but had a big run last week, and he's looking pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, he won the Herbert Power very nicely last week, and the thing important to note in that race, that was a good three, and he seemed to excel on that firm deck. I think come a heavy, if we get to this heavy range, I've just got my little question marks over him on that wet track. He is by Galileo, so he could be one that just gets through the ground and, and really relishes it, but... Having not really been exposed to this wet ground before does have me that little bit concerned over him, especially on the week back up after such a, I guess, strong run last week. It might just take a little bit of gas out of him. But if the track does get to that soft five, soft six range, I think he has to be included into your top three or top four selections. That win was probably too impressive to leave out. But I just think he's a little bit overpriced for me to be taking in Supercoach with a few little question marks over his head if the track gets wet.
Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And especially, it's probably a caveat to a lot of horses running, especially in Caulfield, um, but also in Randwick, that the weather will play a part. And especially if we get the expected uh, rain that's supposedly coming, especially in Caulfield, um, your selections might change. And Delphi's one that you'd probably look at moving if, for example, I'm selecting him like so. Yeah, I mean, there's this is one of them races where if you everyone's going to have incentivized, but it's whether you are looking at taking a second or third horse in the race for a bit of security. That's when you're going to come up with a little bit of point of difference. Uh, being such an open market, like you said, Delphi's a second favorite, but he's not a clear standout second favorite. You've also got the yep. chosen one up there. You've got. Uh, I, you and I were talking before the podcast and we even mentioned Master of Wine he excels on wet ground and he was actually the second or third favourite in this race last year and if he produces any type of form like he did 12 months ago I mean he could very well go on and just win this race with 52.5 on his back so it's a really intriguing affair if you're looking outside of incentivise yeah and it's a very large field so anything can really happen yeah it's in Caulfield Cups you find that it's all based on a lot of luck generally I find that the best horses do find the luck and they find a way to win. So incentivized for me is definitely the security blanket of the day, the one that everyone needs to have in their stable and probably is their captain. But I just think that maybe searching for a little bit of value in this mightn't be the worst thing to do because I'm finding this Caulfield Cup a little bit easier to decipher through form rather than looking at the Everest, which we'll talk about next, which I feel is a lot more even race, uh, being sprinters and not knowing exactly what the Randwick track's going to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, talking, we'll go move on to the Everest now. Um, who are you favouring, as he, as he talked about? Uh, for me, I'm going with Nature Strip. Uh, he, many, many people out there know that he's a hard horse to catch on his day, but he is an out-and-out champion sprinter from what he's done over the past couple of seasons ignore the defeat last start that was at the hands of eduardo that was on about a soft six or soft seven track from memory but i'm happy to ignore that run same thing happened last preparation before he came out and absolutely romped in the tj smith stakes claiming his second in a row up to 1200 meters i feel he does have the edge over eduardo Um, especially over that final 100 meters nature strip can just seem to i guess run out that stronger last half furlong than what uh, Eduardo can so I'm confident Nature Strip is the one to beat obvious query in the race is Classique Legend he was the winner of this race last year and he had one subsequent start in Hong Kong where uh, he was a hot favourite in that race and really disappointed but clearly, pu- clearly pulled up with some issues and came back to Australia but he's had a long time off but um, that win in the Everest last year if he replicates anything to that they probably don't beat him but having that long off the scene I guess uh, it poses a few little questions, and considering he's $500,000 to actually put in your team, I would prefer to leave him out, just just with that obvious risk factor that is he going to be fit enough to sustain what we expect is going to be a really genuine tempo with Nature Strip in front, uh, going along with Home Affairs and, of course, Eduardo, who go along with him. It might be just a survival of the fittest at the end. Yeah, exactly. I'm on Nature Strip as well. I've just been running super well this campaign, and that he's at max price at 500k um but so is classic legend and you kind of really at the end of the day you probably you're picking one or the other as your main your main horse um at randwick um and it's whether you want to go for nature strip or classic legend bit bit of a bit riskier play uh given it hasn't raced in so long um 
but they both look great for distance. It's going to be a really exciting race. Yeah, it's obviously Australia's richest race, and it obviously gathers plenty of attention, but a couple of horses we should probably mention in this race as well. I mean, Geetra has to be some sort of chance. Personally, I find his peak figures are over 1,000 metres, but uh, up to 1,200. He ran third in this race last year, and uh, he did end up winning over 1,300 uh, in his subsequent start to that third placing in the Everest. So, I mean, 1,200 is not beyond him, but I just feel he's just that, that half length, the length off the elite-level sprinters such as Nature Strip and Classique Legend over this trip. Uh, the other one as well, who I'm going to give a little bit of a plug to at, uh, that might be a real smoky in the race, and that's the Inferno. He comes with to the race with Melbourne form. He won at Mooney Valley two starts ago. It was a real scintillating win. She had a beautiful turn of foot. He's an ex-Singapore horse, this bloke, and um, he then came out and ran second in the Group 1 Moya Stakes to Wild Ruler. He was probably balked at the top of the straight and didn't have the greatest opportunity to actually win. Uh, he might have peaked in his last 50 metres, but the race was uh, probably over by then while Wild Ruler found, the, found a cheap gap and managed to burst through and win. Of course, he meets that horse again, and I'd be confident the Inferno does beat him. Wide gate, I wouldn't worry about that. He's going to drop back to last anyway and try and motor home over the top. Uh, really enjoying what we expect, as I mentioned, a hot speed out in front. But I think the Inferno could be a little bit of a smoky that many players of Supercoach are going to look over. I was sort of tossing up. When I first did my stable at the start of the week, I actually had the Inferno and Nature Strip in my side and uh, actually didn't have Young Werther in there. But I ended up deciding to go with Young Werther. I just thought he was probably a bit of a safer play on a wet track rather than uh, trying to sort through some international form with the Inferno and trying to match him up against Australia's proven and best sprinters. Yeah, yeah, I love that pick. In the Inferno, he's at 275k as well, um, so he's a bit cheaper. Any love for home affairs, he's probably going to get a look in, being he's at 175k, a lot cheaper, and he's kind of in that third way back on the odds. Any love for home affairs? Uh, for me personally, I am totally against him. I just think he got everything to suit last start. He got a leader bias track. Um, he managed to get his own lead out in front. Of course, he gets the lightweight, 53 kilos, but he's going to have to go with Nature Strip. He's going to have to go with Eduardo. And when push comes to shove, I'm, I'd be much more confident in uh, Nature Strip breaking his heart than, than uh, yes, Home Affairs kicking away and showing a beautiful turn of foot. Uh, he's just got to sustain a sprint this time and actually have a challenger out in front. On a map point of view, I feel that it might just leave him a little bit vulnerable. And I mean, prior to this prep, he wasn't talked about as one of Australia's best sprinters. And even after that first up win in the Heritage, I still have my major doubts over him of whether he's actually this class. But I mean, if you're trying to fill up your stable and you've used a bit of cash early, 175 grand, I mean, that's pretty cheap for a horse in a Group 1 who's single figures with the bookies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's a bit of risk with that pick as well because he could place in that bottom two. Given it's a group one, you can lose, you lose, uh, if you place second last, you lose 25k and last is 50k. So there's a bit of risk attached to that as well because he's not as a strong as a horse um, as a few of the others we've mentioned. I feel the one that is obviously the obvious pick for last anyway and he was the last horse selected for this race which was Embracer uh, stay away from him he's uh, probably should be running in the Sydney Stakes a um, couple others in the race who I feel might be just that little bit vulnerable especially if the track gets wet is Mars Crusader 
Obviously, he's a huge talent, but if this track gets into a soft 7, heavy 8 range, there's a few warning signs here. He's electric on good ground and an absolute star of the turf, but when it comes to trying to battle through the mud, he's got a, he'll be setting, settling out last and he'll have a lot of ground to make up and he might get a bit of kickback in his face. There's just a few risk signs there. So Mask Crusader, for me, I'll be staying away from. And the other one I don't want to be touching is Lost and Running. He had a lot of hype around him for his first couple of preps, uh, had a bit of a win streak going there as well, but came back this prep and he flopped first up and he was only averaging the, uh, I think it was the Premier Stakes last start, but I just don't think he's quite up to this level. But um, obviously it's one of them races that it's a typical sprint race. Anything can anything can happen and Nature Strip and Eduardo and those horses might go too hard in front and really set it up for a Mask Crusader to come home. But as I mentioned, wet track again just throws a little... Uh, Throws a little question into the race over a few horses and I feel Nature Strip is the safe play in the event being that he handles wet tracks, he handles good tracks, he's a star, he's the benchmark sprinter in Australia um, and he's a two-time uh, track and distance winner both in the TJ Smith stakes so he's going to be up the front, he's going to be rolling along and he'll look the winner with 200 to go, just a matter of whether he can hold off those charging from the back including probably Classique Legend and maybe Geetra. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to take the you don't want to take a risk just for the point of taking a risk. Um, we're only in round three, um, so you don't have to you don't have to try to win it all uh, this early on. Uh, we're all about just trying to get some good picks, trying to fill your roster with a balanced side, uh, get some points, and get some cash gen. Yes, but um, we've still got another five weeks to go after this, including Melbourne Cup week, and Melbourne Cup week can often throw up a few roughies and a few outsiders, so. I'm thinking that if you're going to take a few risks, Melbourne Cup's week is the one where you really want to be making your move and uh, trying to catch a few people off guard who might be playing it safe and siding with the favourites. Yeah, exactly. And Melbourne Cup week, you do need a bit of cash in that bank. So focusing on cash gen, like we kind of harp on about, um, it usually leads down to that race because there's just so many very expensive horses and you want to pick quite a few of them. Um, you give you give yourself the best chance of succeeding in that way. Yeah, I couldn't have said that any better. It's it's all about that grand final week, all about the Flemington Carnival, and if you can fit the best quality stable you can together, and I guess also trying to find one or two horses that might be that touch of value in some big races that other people are not clearly going to have in their stable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, moving on, we're not going to be really talking about Randwick too much. Uh, the Everest is pretty much the main race we like there. There's three other Group 3s. There's no Group 2s. Uh, but it's kind of... They're very contested fields. There's no clear uh, favourites or clear choices, and there's a lot of risk involved, whereas in Caulfield, you kind of know what you're picking. Yeah, I mean, Randwick is... Very even card, to say the least, and to me there's yeah, no exactly. clear standouts on the day outside of, I guess, playing in the Everest purely because it's a Group 1, and if this wasn't a Group 1 race, I'd be staying totally out of it because it's, it's a pretty even contest with four or five winning chances, but outside of that, I mean, you look at the Sydney Stakes and you've got four or five winning chances there, you look at the Craven Plate, think it over should win, but he comes at a massive price, so you're taking a horse who... I guess should win a Group 3, get you 24 points, but you're paying a Group 1 price for it. So, again, there's risks there. And the St. Ledger stakes, I mean, uh, only run at handicap level, so it's not worth mass points. But, again, looks a very even field there and uh, comes with a bit of a price with some high-quality horses in the event. 
Yeah, definitely. I just I think it's a bit too much risk. Um, either one of us really like to entertain, especially when you go into the listed and the handicap races. They're usually just uh, not really worth it, to be honest, unless they're great value. Um, previously, last year, with the extended stable, you could kind of pick a few from there, um, especially with the cheaper horse prices. But we're kind of, with the reduced stable, we have three less picks, I believe. You kind of want to consolidate your stable into the group one, two, and threes and try to maximise your point. Yeah, it, come Melbourne Cup Day, things might be a little bit different because there's not necessarily stakes racing all day outside of the Melbourne Cup. There might be a couple of group threes, but Cup Day, as I mentioned, it's even racing, surprise packets come up, and that's when you sort of dive into your handicaps and try and do a little bit of form there, but... For the moment, while we've got some standout races in the Group 3s, Group 2s, Group 1s, I'd much prefer to be playing there and trying to maximise my points rather than trying to, um, I guess, play around with some of these other uh, handicaps where uh, races where anything can happen. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. So we'll move on to the Group 2s now. Who you like? And we'll start with we'll start with race seven. Just we'll go in order. So race 7 at Caulfield. Yeah, the Tristark Stakes So this race is for the mares. I, if the track gets wet, and I'm talking a soft 7 or worse, I want to be with Colette, and I don't want to be with anything else. She is an absolute star on a wet track, and arguably uh, one of Australia's top two best horses on a wet track. So I'm talking up there at a very elegant level. She's that good. In fact, she has a win on a wet track on a soft 7, I think it was, over very elegant. So she's an absolute star in the wet. So we don't... At $450,000, she is a little bit of a risk. So she is a horse that we're going to have to look at come Saturday morning to see if the rain has arrived and exactly what this radar is doing. Because if this rain's there, I don't want to be leaving her out because I think she's a bird in the race. She's There's a few other horses with question marks on wet tracks. She is a star in the wet. Don't get me wrong there. Her question is, she came up with an issue post the, I think it was the uh, Maccabi Dever or Turnbull. I can't remember which race it was. Um, she came up with an issue with an abscess in her foot. I think it was a Maccabi Davis Stakes, and she was going to run in the Turnbull, came up with an abscess in her foot, and that set her back because she was going to be running in the Caulfield Cup. So I guess that is a huge interruption of the preparation considering, realistically, she should be running over an extra five furlongs today. But um, coming back to this, she's in she's in a mare's grade, so she's very well handicapped in the race. She's got 58 kilos. Based on rating, she should be carrying around 60, 61 kilos compared to some of these other mares. I think she's a clear standout in the race based on quality. If this track gets to a soft five or soft six, I will be looking at putting in Nimalee. She brings down the Sydney form lines and some very handy ones at that. And She's got a nice little short, sharp turn of foot and on some firmer ground, which... Uh, she handles both good and soft ground, so I feel that I might be getting rid of Colette if the ground gets to that, I guess, that little bit firmer, soft five, soft six range, and popping in Nimalee because she's the one who's got to turn a foot. She's hard fit. She's had no issues this prep, and it does feel like it's been a little bit of a goal, maybe en route towards the Empire Rose Stakes in a fortnight's time. Yeah, precisely. I completely agree with Colette. Like... You kind of really want the wet track, especially at 450k. It's a very pricey, um, pricey horse for a Group Two, especially with other options out there. But if it gets to, like you said, um, a seven or high, you kind of you, you just want to go for it. You so much confidence in her. Um, also, probably to know is 
Siri Leo Miss, if I said that right, mm-hmm. she was scratched. Uh, she raced on Wednesday. Um, she was second favourite to the bookies, so it kind of opens the race up for Nimali, as you mentioned, and Shaliat. Um, as two uh, possible horses to place, um, they're a bit cheaper than Colette. Um, Nimali is 325. Um, so you can kind of, if you really want to kind of price, get, uh, if you need, if you need some cash really, um, and you're going down, they'll free up some of your cash from Colette. Absolutely. Uh, good on you for pointing out Shayla as well, because she is one I actually want to talk about who I didn't mention before. She could be a little bit of a trap in this race. I don't want to be with her. Purely, even though her win first up, it was spectacular spectacular to the eye, and it looked like she's just going to take these mares races by storm. Her rating, her rating in the race didn't come back overly well, so even though it was very strong to the eye, the actual rating of the race wasn't very high. It was sort of at that standard um, of race, and the form behind hasn't exactly shown up in super strong races. I mean, Justin Canter came out and run well, but this is a whole different uh, class of race meeting Nimali and Colette, and even Karma Lasso up the top. She won very well last week, beating Buffalo River, who I've got on top. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Copy my own uh, personal selections earlier in the card. She's even got a big hope in the race, so... I just feel, Shay Lowe, if you're looking at taking, I guess, not Colette and looking at either Nimalee, Shay Lowe, Karma Lass, Shay Lowe's the one I just wouldn't be picking. She may be that little bit of a trap coming into this second up. Awesome. That's great to hear. Kind of avoided, avoided a trap for myself if I went I went to pick her. Um, and that's why we kind of, Justin is great at that, analysing form and kind of uh, delving below the numbers, obviously, because we've just a lot of experience he brings. Um, and, of course, everything I say is not going to be correct. Of course, there's plenty of times where I was wrong. I mean, I was pretty keen on very elegant to beat incentivize in the Turnbull Stakes, yeah. and that was that was totally wrong, but I just feel coming into this race, Colette on a wet track and Nimalee on a bit firmer ground, they're probably the two options I'd prefer to be with over a horse who looked good to the eye but didn't rate uh, spectacularly well first up yeah well if you cut everything right you'd probably be a re- pretty rich guy right now <laughs> i'd hope i'm on um, top <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh moving on we'll go we'll move on to the caulfield sprint race 10 at caulfield yeah the final race of the day it's a very even contest actually we've got uh malkovich at the top of the markets and uh he's ahead of enthar curran and, of course, Oxley Road, the full brother to Exceedance, who was a champion three-year-old. But 
For me, I want to be with Malkovic purely because he's the proven horse in the race. He handles a wet track. He ticked the Caulfield box last preparation. He came down in the winter, and he rated really highly in his first win, uh, winning over this track and trip before going, uh, stepping up in trip, running in the Sir John Myesh Stakes at Group 3 level. He ran second, wasn't beaten too far, but it was a very game performance. Uh, he carries 57 kilos here, and he, in that first in that first Caulfield win last prep, I should say, he carried 61 kilos, so it's a 4-kilo drop from that. As I mentioned, he rated really highly. I just feel that he's the horse I want to be with coming into this race, purely from what he's done on the track, rather than, I guess, playing a guessing game with any others in the market. Um, Enthar, she's very fast. That's what I'll say about her. She is a very, very fast filly, and... Uh, she proved that in the Blue Diamond. She was going out at scintillating speeds last preparation, but did just fall in a hole late there. 1,000 metres is going to be up her alley. The question's going to be whether she handles a wet track. Her first three starts were on good tracks, and is she going to handle the wet? I mean, she could be just too good for them. I mean, we nearly saw Dosh uh, pinch the Scalacci stakes last week. This could be another repeat, but at $200,000, and for me, big question marks whether she can handle the wet. Uh, I don't want to be with her. Curran is maybe the other one I want to be with. He's not exactly proven on a wet track, but he's very consistent. Interesting story with this horse, actually. It was a $600 purchase, so most horses sort of ran that an average of $50,000. Often you see Colts worth $1.8 million, etc., etc. But it was a very cheap purchase, and he's returned over $330,000 for connection. So it would be exciting if he won the race for uh, his ownership group and trainers. But uh, he's my second selection in the race. He's in a great vein of form. He rarely misses the top two. He was very good first up at Mooney Valley, uh, beating uh, one of the Yulong horses. He was over 9.55 metres, 1,000 metres up his alley. Just a matter of whether he can tick that wet track box. Oxley Road, again, has to be given a chance. He's ready to peak here third up. He's the fit horse of the race. And uh, wouldn't shock me to see him run a big race with 53 kilos. But Malkovich off the back of a few nice trials leading into this preparation. Wet track tick, Caulfield tick. That secures him uh, a spot in my side for the Caulfield sprint. Yeah, I agree with Mal- Malkovich. Uh, just it's run really well recently. She ha- oh, he has. Sorry. Um, and as the bookie's favourite, you kind of two twenty five k priced. A uh, very very nice pick, nice selection to kind of fill your stable with. Um, I'm on the opposite boat of Enthar. I really like her. Um, a lot of early speed. I'm kind of banking on it that she'll kind of hold on. I don't. I hope she doesn't burn out. Um, and she's locked and loaded into my into my stable. Only 200k, so it really works works quite well for a group two. Um, so yeah, the the wet does concern me. Um, I'll probably give it a think if the rain does come, uh, Caulfield. But for now, she's a lock in my stable. Yeah, I initially had her in uh, my first picks as well, thinking not realizing we we're going to get a not maybe that we might get a lot of rain this week. But I mean, being untested. I mean, I'm sort of potting her here saying that she's not going to handle the track, but, uh, of course, being untested in the wet, she could just come out and blow them away. She could be an out-and-out wet tracker, and you could be spot-on right in the money there and, uh, yeah, run away with Supercoach this week. It's it's one of them races where you've got a few untested types down the bottom of the weights, and Malkovich is sort of your benchmark that most people are sort of going to be, be looking at if they've got the 220K, 225K in reserve. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you kind of want to you want to pick and choose your horses, your your pods, point of difference picks. Um, you don't want to get all risk um, in one week as well. You kind of you want to pick a lot of horses. You will see in the top ten ownership, um, most horses are heavily backed. And then towards the end of the top ten owned, 
there's quite a few different picks like we saw um, a lot of people jumped on last week for uh, elephant I think it was mm-hmm. um, and for those that didn't it went well for him and it was kind of a bit of a core of do you go for a well-picked horse it was about at about 35% I think owned or if you go against him kind of trust your gut a bit or just go left field yeah, and uh, I, we spoke about it last week, and I think we both decided to leave Elephant out, and in the end, that did pay off for us. But yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> and, but he he is an obvious talent, but he just didn't have the best of runs in the Turek, and they're the type of things that I'm sort of here to, I guess, help guide you through as well, looking at speed maps, um, and trying to see where horses are going to land in the run and what type of uh, performances they're going to produce. Uh, based on current form, based on where they're going to land, just taking in barriers into account, track conditions, those type of things. But Elephant, I just thought, uh, more on a price point of view last week, I thought there were some better chances in Sydney and uh, happy to leave him out to take some shorties in Group 2s. Yeah, exactly, definitely what was what I thought as well. Um, we'll leave the Caulfield sprint, the Group 2s alone now, and jump into the Group 3s. Um. We'll kick off with the ethereal stakes here, race number four. Uh, I know you and I both spoke about this race earlier in a little group chat that we had, and that was uh, Kapalua Sunset. For me, she's the lock of the day. Everyone needs to have her in. She's only $125,000. She was massive last start when winning her maiden. Uh, She was very good first up as well. 2,000 metres is going to be right up her alley. She's the Oaks favourite for a reason. Just a matter of whether she gets around Caulfield, but if she gets around Caulfield, I'd just see her winning this. I think she's better than these horses, and 125 grand, I'm happy to pocket the 24 points. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you'll get 25 points for a win if she does indeed win. Um, I have her locked. I had her locked uh, since uh, Wednesday. Um, Great pick. I think she's a step above um, in that field. Absolutely, and uh, the man of the moment, Brett Preble, he rode Probabil in the uh, in one of the big races last week and uh, proved too good there. He's just in tremendous form, Brett, and uh, I know he has a very high opinion of this filly, as do uh, the rest of the Danny O'Brien stable, but for me, I think she picks herself, and hopefully uh, a few others out there can get her in the stable as well because, as I said, she's pretty cheap, at, one of the cheaper, I guess, uh, locks of the week, and at 125 grand, I think uh, she is a must for all stables. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're tossing up um, between picking three, four, maybe even five uh, horses in those group ones, um, if you can afford it, you kind of want to, having a 125k horse that's a clear favour in a group three kind of just lets you do what you want with that top half of the stable. Yeah, I mean, that's what's helped me afford both Colette and Nature Strip, and then Young Werther at three hundred and twenty-five grand as well. Having her in really pushed that up, and another group two we'll talk about in a minute. Um, that's another race that there's a few cheapies in there that have really helped me, I guess, pick those uh, higher echelon horses uh, in the group ones. Are you talking about the Ned's Classic? I assume. Yeah, the Ned's Classic. Yeah. So we've got obviously Gun Deck. And uh, the other one was Gunstock. Both of them do dominate the market. Micro is up there as well. He was very good in the start stakes last start. Wide the trip. Made some good late ground. But for me, I want to be on uh, Gundeck. If I was going to choose between him and Gunstock, Gundeck for me purely because he's going to have uh, a speed map advantage. He sits forward in his run. Um, he led last start at Flemington or sat outside the leader and just kept kicking and uh, showed 
it was a very slowly run race, but the race rated really highly, which to me shows that this horse has a really good turn of foot and might be able to adapt to both a fast and slow tempo race. But if he gets things run his own way out in front, he's got the turn of foot to hold off a late charger such, such as Gunstock, who gets back in the run, and Micro needs a bit of luck from Barrier 8, and if he gets trapped three wide again, I think that does leave the race for uh, Gun Deck to keep kicking, and he's not the favourite in this race, so at $75,000, he could be a little bit of value to try and uh, pinch some Group 3 points, where I think plenty of people will be siding with Gunstock purely because uh, he is the favourite of the race. Yeah, agreed. I actually agree with you. I have Gun Deck over Gunstock. Uh, despite it being the bookie's favourite, I think it's just a riskier pick uh, than Gundek and runs so well at the distance, which is 2,000 metres, um, and had a, had a pretty good uh, barrier placing as well. So, And they're both at 75k, so you can kind of interchange them if you want, or even, if you like, pick both of them if yeah. you wanted to. In saying that, that's, put... that's exactly what I've done. I've popped in both horses um, just to, I guess, top off my stable, but if I was going to pick one, Gundek for me... Uh, over Gunstock, but I've been fortunate enough to be able to grab both of them. Yeah, awesome, and it kind of shows you can kind of top up with that a bit front-heavier, uh, uh, higher-end roster type of thing. Yeah, spot on, and um, yeah, I guess trying to find some of these cheaper buyers, especially with the three-year-olds you'll find come Oaks time and Derby time, these three-year-olds, they're going to be less than $200,000, and that's because they're not proven. They haven't won Group 1s before. They're just... Horses who are going through the grades and therefore are very cheap in the Supercoach system. But come next season, you'll probably find that they're worth a little bit more money. But uh, the three-year-olds, I think, uh, looking at these three-year-old races, that's where you can find a little bit of value uh, now and going forward. Yeah, completely agree. And you kind of need that makeup, especially how uh, with the stable composition right now. Um, to be able to select your, your bit price here, Group 1, Group 2s, you kind of need to run with especially the... Uh, the three-year-olds to kind of fill up that roster. Yeah, and come, I guess, the next couple of weeks, there are some very rich two-year-old races around as well, so you're going to find more two-year-olds worth $50,000 and $75,000. And, of course, next week, I think we've got the Mooney Valley Vars. Forgot You will be in that race, and he's reasonably cheap, so he'll be a lock for most people. And, yeah, just these three-year-olds and two-year-olds, they are the way to go if you're looking to top up your stable. Rather than, rather than just trying to play in the handicaps and trying to find something that's... Uh, a second or third favourite in the market and just topping it up uh, just because it's $50,000. I think there are selections that you can pick that actually have a little bit of meaning to them uh, that can earn you a bit of point, that can earn you a few extra points rather than, I guess, reserve, going back to a handicap purely because uh, it's just another race on the card. Yeah, exactly. And we had a bit of debate um before the week, before the season started, on how this emergency position would look, um, a lot of people thought you could maybe just put a 50k horse um, there that just on a listed race. Um, but it's kind of it's worked out well that we would had these uh, 75k to 50k horses that we can just put there. But we kind of trust them to perform when, say, something goes awry in one of the the other races, uh, like uh, what was head of state. Uh, didn't go well. I had head of state last week and kind of saved my bacon a bit, having that eighth spot. Yeah, and he, of course, dropped in value last week. He was pretty disappointing head of state. But, um, yeah, that that is when that eighth selection can be crucial. And even though you might just think, I'll just chuck something worth 50 grand in there just because uh, 
I've got no money left and I just need to top up the stable, actually try and have a think about it. And because they can become very valuable points, as what I just mentioned, it saved uh, saved both of us last week. Both of us had head of state, and um, yeah, that that gained us some valuable points that we obviously would have missed out on had we just picked any random horse and it performs well below expectations. Yeah, exactly. And the Group 3 uh, uh, scoring is still pretty good. Like, first, 24 points, second, 18, third, 14. So you're still getting you're getting a bit there if you have a miss um, in, in one of the other horses. So any, any points matter kind of thing. Yeah. And adding 10, 15, 20 points is great. Yeah, and it's like these Group 3s, uh, it's... Winning a Group 3, if you can find a lock in one of these, such as uh, Kapalua Sunset, it's the equivalent of running third in a Group 1. So if, say, Nature Strip for us misses out and uh, Classique Legend or Gitra or one of them horses bowls them over, then a horse like Kapalua Sunset winning this is essentially Nature Strip running third in the Everest. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, We'll move on to Race 6, probably the other relevant Group 3 race. Uh, the Ned's Mungo Stakes. Mm-hmm. Have you have you picked anyone on here, or are you, are you staying away? It's a bit pricier than the other Group Threes. Yeah, and that's because we're talking about open age horses here. So as I mentioned, these three the three year olds are a lot cheaper because they're not proven. Whereas we're talking yep. about Zutori here. He's a he's a Group One winner. He's a New Market winner. We've got Buffalo River. He's a Group One runner up. Be good to your mother. Group One winner. So we are talking high quality horses, and this race is a bit like the whole Sydney card where. You've got quality horses running across the whole day and proven horses which are going to come at a bit of cost to your Supercoach stable. But as if, if anyone is wanting to play in this race, I'll be, so I would be siding with Buffalo River. He's a very good wet tracker and I'm not sure what price he is in the Supercoach because Pulo wanted to stay out of this race. But I feel that uh, off a one-week backup onto a wet track, it's where his best figures are and uh, he could be the one to go on and win this race. Yeah, completely agree. I have the I have the price right here. He's at three hundred k, so he's pr- he's pretty good, a bit pricier than uh, a few of the other selections in in the Nets Classic, the race five that we mentioned just earlier. So, not really not really much value to go with uh, him over, say, a Gunsock or even a Micro if you kind of if you want uh, two or even three in that uh, race five if you kind of. Um, don't have the cash most people do. Um, I know some people might not have the two over two million, for example. Um, Zaturi, four fifty k, which is very pricey, but really specialises in dry weather. And Caulfield's definitely probably not going to be dry, um, so you can kind of rule him out. Yeah, I was in the same boat as you there. I had a, a little cross through him purely because of the weather and. Um, some of these other horses just might be that little bit more favoured in the wet conditions, but overall, on a super coach point of view, happy to be uh, not playing in this race. Yeah, exactly. Any other races you you looking at in terms of just uh, doesn't even have to be super coach, just to have a good good friendly uh, watch of the races. Um, I think we've covered most of the most of the main races on the day. I mean. Uh, we've got the we've got the Gothic Stakes early on. That'll be a nice, intriguing affair. There's there's a horse I like in this race actually that um, is a very big price in the market, and that's Mister Me. He's uh, it's listed race, so it's only worth 18 points. So not exactly a recommendation for your super coach, but I feel he might be able to bowl along in front. He's bred to handle the wet. Uh, he might be hard to catch, and um, I think in race number two, that's a really interesting race actually because they're all very uh, unexposed horses and not necessarily all. Uh, consistent winners, I'll, I'll say. 
But Lady Adelaide, I think, has a bright future ahead. She was very good winning at Sale last start. Really sat wide and came home really strongly. And considering she won last start, and she's coming up against a couple of maidens and um, horses who, such as Vianello, who struggle to find the winning post first, uh, she could be a horse that has a real bright future ahead if she is to win race two at Caulfield. But, of course, in Sydney as well, some nice races there. But, yeah, I'm just pretty keen to watch the Everest there and... Uh, have a real good look at some of these bigger races at Caulfield. Yeah, awesome. Completely agree. It'll be it'll be a really good uh be a really good weekend. Um, just recapping a bit on as we went through quite a few races. Um, from the Caulfield Cup, you're probably really going to want to go for incentivize. Um, if you if you want to quickly pick out some, um, you probably want to select one or two from the Everest as well. Um. As mentioned, Nature Strip, Classic Legend, um, even maybe uh, who, who uh, the Inferno. That's yeah, he's the one. He's yeah, the one at a bit of a price that, that, you, that you like, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously represents that bit of value, and if you wanted to try and make up a little bit of ground and play it a bit riskier this week, he would be one that I'd have a good think about putting in your stable. Yeah, definitely. And then I think Paula Sunset, um, that cheap, that cheap Group Three. Um, and then Markovic as well from the Caulfield Sprint. Both, I reckon they're probably four or five locks that we both really like. Yeah, 100%. And I guess the point of differences are going to come in, um, I guess, it, I guess in the Caulfield Sprint as well. At the last race, we both got Malkovich, but you're obviously siding with Enthar, and I'm against her. Uh, Collett, I don't think you have her in your stable right now, but... Come race day, I'm expecting maybe a few people to pop her in. That could be a little point of difference. Whether or not you're picking a second horse in the Caulfield Cup, obviously it's a very open race outside of that, but you could strike a little bit of value if you find the right one. And if you're looking at taking anything outside of Classique Legend and Nature Strip and the Everest, again, you've got another point of difference there that uh, I guess could boost your points if you find the right horse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, captain selection. Who are you thinking? Who, who do you have the captain on right now? Stock standard for me this week, incentivize. I'm totally yep. in his corner now, and I think you win the Caulfield Cup, so hopefully we uh, can jag the 80 points there. I was yeah. more confident with Zaki last week, but we all know how that little story went. So oh, Every every man and his dog had the captaincy on Zaki. So I, I kind of, even when he, I think he placed third, um, everyone, you, it's kind of like, oh, well, like you'll take the points. Everyone pretty much was in the same boat. Um, I don't, I don't know anyone who didn't captain him. Um, yeah. so if you didn't, well played. Yeah. I honest. saw a few people who were sitting at the top of the rankings in Supercoach, Captain Probabil. So that's a round of applause there. That was uh, very well picked, but, uh, we'll see Zaki again next week in the Cox Plate. That'll be <clears throat> an exciting race to see, uh, to see how he goes, obviously, uh, the reason for his loss last week, I think, is being blamed a lot on the tempo of the race. It was very slowly run. He's a horse who needs a real rolling gallop. He got his head up. He got keen. Probably needed to get rolling at about the 600 metres and make it a true affair. But Holmesman came around and put an end to those chances. And Probabil got the run up on the inside. And Nonconformist, who runs in the Caulfield Cup, also ran a really bold race uh, in that race as well, just getting nosed out by the champion mayor, Probabil. Yeah, it was a great race as well. Um, I'm I'll be on uh, incentivized as well. Just can't go, can't go past it as a captaincy selection. Um, and the other, you kind of want to stick uh, your captaincy with your group ones because captaincy doubles your points. So maximizing your point if you're trying to snag a first in a group one, you'll get forty points, and then essentially doubling it 
with the captaincy pick. So you kind of want to keep it within the group one where you have a great chance and incentivize his look in like the best chance for that. Yep, spot on. I think majority of people will probably have him as his captain this week. You don't necessarily need us to tell you that, but um, incentivize, he does look uh, the main lock for most people's stables this week. Is I think it's 30% of people already own him, so people are aware that he's uh, heavily favoured in the Caulfield Cup and uh, he should go very close to winning it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll move on to jockeys now. Uh, there's been one informed jockey who looks like he's going to perform great again. James McDonald. He's had two great weeks. He's really kind of separated himself from the other jockeys in terms of super coach. He's just really getting great uh, wins and placings. Um, I have him at four to five. Pro- he's racing it. He's racing in nine races uh, this week. Um, I have him four to five possible podiums, pretty good chances, and about seven plus points, which is about a floor. Um, any any other picks you like? Or um, I've found it very hard this week. I mean, the jockey books there. It's very even this week. I think uh, we mentioned yeah, John McNeil. He's got a reasonable book of rides at Caulfield, but again. Uh, small fields could play into his favour, but again, he could very easily miss out on a on a few races there. I think the safe play is J Mac. He generally uh, rides the horses who are top three or four in the market, and if he's not winning, he's generally running somewhere in the top three or four. So he's always given a good chance and can score you an extra couple of points. But uh, jockey decision it was just it, I found it nearly impossible this week. So my default was to our our boy J Mac. Yeah, and he's he's performed really well. Um, if you want to take a bit of more, bit more of a mathematical approach, you can check out supercoachdata.com uh, forward slash scrac. Um, he does some excellent work with, um, well, he does some excellent work uh, using using tools to kind of mathematically make predictions about expected points. Um, it isn't just jockeys; he does uh, horses as well, and he has a ton of data. This guy is amazing. Um, he has James McDonald at the top uh, with an expected 7.66 points. Uh, McNeil, who we mentioned as well, um, he's in second with 6.61, and there's a ton of data. Williams is up there as well as Damian Lane. Um, so if you kind of want a different pick and you want to take a more mathematical approach, do it. He's got a ton of data you can go through. So supercoachdata.com forward slash S-C-R-A-C. And yeah, check it out. It's a gr- great tool to use, even, and it's very user friendly. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of the mathematical stuff sort of goes over my head a little bit. But um, yeah, I know that it's a very popular, uh, popular tool to use, and there's some uh, handy resources on there if you are looking to take that mathematical approach and I guess uh, play it, play it, play it in a smart way. Yeah, a lot of super coaches might not be familiar, um, as familiar as racing as um, other people, and it kind of gets it helps them get an understanding of how how horses are doing and and how jockeys might perform, etc. Uh, without kind of being overwhelmed by the odds and form, um, it, for someone new to racing, um, horse racing, it can be a bit overwhelming. So if you're coming from the super coach side, from AFL, NRL or any other fantasy port, uh, sports, it's a bit easier to kind of to handle and put in context. Yeah, I mean, you've, yeah, you've summed that up perfectly. I'm one of those people who uh, can't, can't quite 
uh, I guess, read all that information super well. I'll, I'll stick to my form, but generally that mathematical way of approaching it is uh, a great way of, I guess, really maximizing your super coach points in uh, all types of fantasy games. Yeah, exactly. And it's a handy tool as well. He has a um, stable selection where you can pick your pick your stable you think and it can kind of give you how much points it's expected based on uh, whatever magic he does um, and just expected cachet. It's kind of a good tool to even just play around with if you're figuring out certain teams you want and you're really undecided. Um, you can do that. For sure. So make sure you just check it out uh, even if you just want to have a squeeze through it and uh, see if it's something that you're interested in, I guess, having a having a good look at and maybe playing with those types of sides. But, yeah, I think I think that's about it for us, Watto. Is there anything uh, extra you'd like to add to the podcast at all? Nothing from me. We covered pretty much everything I wanted. Um, if anyone has any questions or want to talk any uh, racing at all throughout the week or even on the weekend, um, you can catch us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Watto underscore four and Justin's. And mine is Justin Darcy seven. Awesome, and that's it for us. It's been a pleasure talking to you this week, uh, Justin, and I'm glad I got your name right this time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> appreciate, few, appreciate. Yeah, a few people had a laugh about that, so I'll take that. I'll take that on the chin. I'll, I'll keep going. Uh, we'll see you guys next week uh, for more Supercoach Racing. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 